0: Welcome to the Growing Rural Podcast, where we focus on all things rural in South Carolina. We will discuss topics on healthcare, economy, education, and the unique culture that is our rural state. This podcast is supported by the South Carolina Center for Rural and Primary Health Care. Please join us for today's topic. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Growing Rural Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Bennett. Our guest today is Larry Gooding. Larry is the CEO of Allendale County Hospital, one of our critical access hospitals in the state of South Carolina. Welcome to the podcast, Larry. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are now.
1: Well, I was born and raised in Varnville, South Carolina, which is a little small town about 20 miles east of Allendale, where I am now. Um, Grew up, my mom uh, was a nurse, my dad an electrician and uh both retired now but you know learned learned hard work been working since i was 12 years old started in watermelon fields and and i've had a job off and on um throughout high school and college and so um you know i never felt deprived living in in a small rural area never felt deprived in a small town um and so i had a great childhood and um uh, met my wife, my high school sweetheart. Married hmm. her, so we've been married for 23 years. Wow. She was from Allendale, and so that's how we ended up back in Allendale. But it's kind of been a, been a road to a long road since. Mm-hmm. Um, I went off to college, came here to the University of South Carolina, um, and uh, got my degree here in business. And I was working at the University of South Carolina, and I'd been offered a full-time job in the department where I had worked um, as a student. And my a, a little more background, I guess my, my mother and father owned an assisted living facility when mm-hmm. I was g- growing up. They, they opened an assisted living facility. So your mother was and the nurse,
0: right? That's my mom's a nurse. And so that she, she,
1: uh, ultimately the reason that, that she opened this facility is my grandfather was in a nursing home down in Buford,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And okay. her goal was to bring him back home um, where he had been all of his life until right. he ended up having a stroke and having to go in the nursing home right. and so she opened that facility and, and she and my dad managed it uh, for years while they still worked their own full-time jobs wow. and so um, while I was working in Columbia my mom called me and said um, you know we're either going to sell the nursing home or the assisted living facility or we're going to close it mm-hmm. um, we just can't do it anymore we're working full-time don't have time to do this and mm-hmm. and so do you want to come back and, and, uh, and run it for us Hmm. And so my wife still had another year of law school here in Columbia, um, and and I decided I would give it a shot. Sure. Um, didn't know what I. I'm, I'm like you know most 21 year olds uh, graduating from college, had no clue what I wanted to do with my business degree. Right. And so I said sure. So I came back. I went back home, um, and I did that for about three years. Uh, learned a lot. Learned mm-hmm. a lot about long term care in that three mm-hmm. years. And while I was doing that. Um, got a call from, um, from, a an organization that was, uh, it was an AHEC and, and, rural health clinics organization that had merged, um, and they'd asked me to come, uh, and help them out, um, doing some business work and, uh, working with the rural health clinics. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of moved from the assisted living business, um, into the rural health clinic business. Um. You know, from there, um, I ended up in an FQHC back in Fairfax in Allendale hmm, County. Right. Uh, there was a struggling uh, FQHC, um, needed some financial help and some leadership. And so did that for about eight years, and then I got a call from um, a rural hospital back down in Hampton County and, hmm. um, to help develop um, primary care and specialty care services. And so I, I went back there for about six, and this job opened up in Fairfax mm-hmm. about six and a half, seven years ago. Um, the CEO who had been there for almost 40 years was retiring. Hmm. And so it felt like the right thing for me, the right, right. opportunity. It was right. six miles from my house. And so, all of that to say that's how I ended up at Allendale County Hospital. Um, you know, and, and it, it was a long road to get back there, but it's sure. a place that I love, you know, the little hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very well respected over the years. Um, the prior uh, CEO did a great job. It, even when small and rural hospitals were struggling to to keep it going, right, um, and just maintain services there, and so we've we've done some expansion, and hopefully we can continue that that trend, you know, well into the future. Right. So you're
0: essentially back home, yeah. working six miles from where you grew up. Is that what you said? That
1: that's exactly right. My yeah. w- we ended up back home. My, my wife, um, she came back home and joined my uncle's law firm right there in Allendale. Oh, wow. So she's okay. five miles from the house. I'm yeah. six miles from the house. Um, and we've been we've been doing this work she's she's been there for 23 plus years and yeah. and I've been doing you know healthcare work you know ever since 1996 yeah
0: that's so, fascinating yeah so tell us about the the day in the life of a rural hospital ceo what is it what does your day look like
1: well you, you know i th- i think the difference between a, a rural hospital ceo and our urban counterparts and i can only speak for what i do but but we do a lot, of, a lot more day-to-day type operational stuff. <laughs> like I, I am hands-on type. Yeah, work. I'm much more involved in 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 all the operations of the hospital. You know, we, we have a pretty flat organizational chart, so almost all of my frontline managers. Report to me. Um, there are a few mm-hmm. that report to my CFO, just because of of the way that we're structured. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I am involved with everything that they do, pretty much on a daily basis. So
0: you're a lot closer to the actual delivery.
1: Yes, I mean right. we, you know, they, they are in my office pretty much every manager is in my office, and I, I talk to them about departmental stuff just about every day. Right. Um, and and so you know we don't have COOs that help with the operations of the organization. Mm-hmm. Um. We are the CEO, COO, I'm also the nursing home administrator. We have a 44-bed mm-hmm. a skilled nursing facility, so I'm also the nursing home administrator, mm-hmm. um, which is, is a little bit unusual. Um, the reason that you know we're able to do that is because the nursing home is right on campus of the hospital. Right. So, so it's, it's right, right across the parking lot, I'm right. back and forth, right. um, and, and my nursing home it's set up where the clinical work is done within the nursing home all the admin work is done over in the admin offices at the hospital where you're
0: so already yeah <clears throat> so it yeah.
1: it works it, you know it works out very well and I, and i've got a lot of help i mean i've got sure. my don at the nursing home and also my don at the hospital um, are really good at, at making sure that you know they they take care of me yeah, they, but- they they really do Probably more than like all of us do more than what a don in is, is typically doing in, in most hospitals.
0: Right. Yeah. There's not as many layers of bureaucracy and reporting and management right. in between. That's right. That's right. So and and that's a that's a trend I've heard across rural healthcare in general. It seems like if you work in rural healthcare, you wear a lot more hats than if you didn't.
1: We do. I mean, you know, just uh, for example, in a, in a larger hospital, we just put in a brand new emergency generator. I was mm-hmm. I was totally involved in that project typically your maintenance guys are going to be involved in a lot of the a lot of the activity going on with things like that right you know we we have infrastructure issues plumbing and electrical and I deal with a lot of that stuff so I'm involved in the maintenance um, end of it we're we're looking at buying new monitoring equipment you know, right. I'm negotiating prices on monitoring equipment. Um, but on top of that, then I also have to take care of all of those other things that that CEOs do: strategic right. plan and right. making sure that we carry out the strategic plan, uh, making sure we're doing all of those things that that keep us going um, mm-hmm. you know developing services developing service lines um you know we're doing all of those things as well right going to the meetings that we need to go to and keeping up with the regulatory stuff that we must keep up with to, to make sure that we know what's going on in in hospitals um, COVID is, is is just complicated things even further right, right. um and, and
0: that's that's not unusual to rural hospital ceos sure. i think that's everybody right so, given all this, I guess, extra workload, why are you still there? What keeps you going at this rural hospital?
1: Well, you know, the rural hospital, it's satisfying work. I mean, it really is. The, you know, rural hospitals typically, I mean, people are appreciative um, to have those hospitals in those communities. Right. Um, you know, we, we talk about a lot right now the rural hospital closure crisis across the country, not only you know where we are, but across the country. Mm-hmm. Now it seems to be more prevalent in the southeast. we've seen right. a lot more of it. and and some of that's because, you know, if you look at Medicaid expansion in the states that didn't expand Medicaid, that's where they're. That's where risk, you're yeah. really seeing the <clears throat> the hospitals that are struggling more financially. right. Um, but you know when I <clears throat> I guess when I really realized how satisfying it was, we had uh, in two thousand sixteen, our neighboring county hospital closed. Mm-hmm. Um and and the the community in that in that county really were struggling to figure out what they were going to do. I mean, I think they were they were worried about it. Right. I mean, it, yeah. it concerned them a lot. And sure. so by default, we became a little regional hospital. Right. You know, 22% of of that population started coming to our hospital. Right. Um and that's how I real that's really when I realized how much we really do for not only our community but the surrounding communities. Mm-hmm. Our hospital um, you know, we take care of of Allendale County, but we also serve parts of Hampton, Bamberg, and Barnwell counties, mm-hmm. um, and so we are kind of like a, a small regional hospital. Now, now, since then, they've opened a uh, um, an emergency room uh, there in Bamberg County, right, Barnwell, right. Bamberg County, right, right there on the line um, near to meet Denmark. More acute type needs, and, and so some of that, some of those ER type services have. have you know trickle back that direction which is which they need i mean um but we're still taking care of of a lot of patients from outside our our direct community in in allendale county so it's just it's just satisfying work for me And, and to be able to do it you know in the community where i live sure um you know just makes it that much more satisfying
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense so let's talk about that impact on the community so that you know hospitals especially rural hospitals tend to be Either the first or second largest employer in that community. But there's also, I think there's more to it than just that healthcare impact, there's services impact, there's an economic impact, but there also seems to be a identity cultural impact. What what have you seen in Allendale along those lines with your hospital?
1: Well, that's that's certainly no different in Allendale. Um, we we have, between our hospital, our nursing home, and our clinics, we have a little over 200 employees, mm-hmm. um, and that's very significant. We're one of the smallest counties, so sure. in a county of less than 9,000 people, to employ 200-plus um, you know, it,
0: it's, a, it's a huge Cause, boost for us because those nine thousand are not all working age adults. That's right. right. That's right. So and that's and, and a large you know, portion.
1: And, and I'm not going to say that all of those live in Allendale County because sure. we do bring we do bring employees from outside of the county. But as a, you know, for the general area, we we do have a significant econ- economic impact. Right. You know, having a hospital in a community. Um, is, is pretty critical to be able to bring industry in. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you don't have a hospital or a good school system, either one of those can can devastate um, right. the the economic situation in those communities. And so uh, to be able to keep our little hospital in Allendale is, is, is very significant. I, you know, the other thing that we have is we have a branch of the University of South Carolina right there in Allendale. Mm-hmm. And that is significant for us. And, you know, the, the, the main industry in Allendale County is timber and agriculture. Mm-hmm. That's what we see most of. And, and not, you know, it's directly related to timber. So, you have know, got the sawmills. We've got the larger farms. We've got the specialty farms. Yeah. So those are the things that we see as industry. Yeah. Um, but, but we are, other than USC Saw which is the branch of the University of South Carolina, in the school system, um, we are one those, of the largest in the economy, right? Yeah. It, so it, it, it does make a difference. I mean, right. it makes a difference just in the mindset of, of, of the people to right. know that you have a hospital in your community that, that is there for you. And we hear that all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I get asked it all the time, Are, is, is our little hospital okay? Are we going to be right. here long term? And, right. and so I think a lot of people think about it and worry about it and, and want to make sure that that we're still there. Because, you know, our little community really, really supports our hospital. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. they, they believe in it. Um and, and so we want to be there into the
0: future. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And losing a hospital as we saw in Bamberg can really cause devastating effects in many, many ways. Not just economically, but also that that psychological edge of oh are we on the on the on the downturn? Are we is our community gonna recover? People Absolutely. start leaving and going to other communities where there is a hospital where there's better opportunities there. So. Absolutely. No question about it. So <clears throat> Talking about sustainability, you know, you mentioned rural hospital closures. There's that, that has been an ongoing issue for many years, um, and there's a lot of fear right now post-COVID, with all the economic impacts and just every impact. It's, mm-hmm. it's touched every every aspect of our lives about closures um what are you doing to i guess keep going to keep that going and to be that force in your community
1: well you know pre-covid we over the last six or seven years we've done we've done a number of things which i think have helped us now that we are in the middle of this covid pandemic Mm -hmm. um you know we a lot of rural hospitals talk about what can we cut, what, what expenses can we cut, you know, what services can we cut so that we can make sure that, that we end up with a better margin.
0: Right. Um,
1: we lo- we've looked at it in a different way. I mean, if you need to cut services, that's, that's okay. I'm not saying that it's not, a, it's not okay to cut services. What we've tried to do is build new services. We've tried to build some services that provide revenue, and, and some of them have just come about you know, uh, in, in strange ways. You know, I believe in, in relationships and, and you know, um, building rapport with people both on the state, national level, and, and locally. And so, you know, we've, we've done some things. We, we started a pulmonary rehab program mm-hmm. um, a few years ago. The, the pulmonary rehab program that was the closest to us was in Colleton County. So it was 40-plus mm-hmm. miles away. Um, and I was in church one Sunday morning, and a, a, an older lady that had had uh, lung cancer came up to me and said, they're closing our pulmonary rehab program in Walterboro. Would you consider opening one at the hospital? Well, you know, I get that all the you time. Can right, you do this? Right. Can you do that? And so um it, I kind of took it with a grain of salt. She called me back the next week and said, have you considered, you huh. know, what? and so that's when I realized she was serious. Right, and, right. and so we started looking at it and, and – um and determined that it would it would be a good service. We had enough business for it. There was not okay. one within a five county area so we could draw from some ca- counties around us. Mm-hmm. And so we opened that up and it's done very well for us. Right. Um and, and that is not something that I would have ever just gone, let me go out here and look for some services and <clears throat> figure out what maybe we can do. So right. Right. you know, the relationship with, with the lady in the church kind of kind of started that. We right. um we had a retail pharmacy that was that was struggling and and was going to close right down the street from the hospital, and so we had been talking about opening a pharmacy with right. the hospital. So that's we, a
0: vital vital piece of the healthcare it, it's, chain. It's huge, and yeah. so
1: if that if that pharmacy had closed down the street, there would not one in the town of Fairfax anymore. Mm-hmm. There would be only one pharmacy left in the county of Allendale, and mm-hmm. so we decided what we ultimately did was was bought the pharmacy not the facility but bought, bought the, the business, the business yeah. and opened it up within the walls of the hospital right. and so that's been a very good good source of business for us right so we've tried to do some things pre-covid to help us build revenue build cash um and do better financially right um you know covid is it we like like most hospitals had to had to halt some services we had to you know stop providing some things you know we Mm -hmm. we stopped our outpatient um uh, physical occupational and speech therapy program for a period of time and and the reason we did that's because we needed to try not to expose our therapists so they could still work in the hospital and in the nursing home right right um and so we we stopped that we stopped our pulmonary rehab program Mm -hmm. and just by default the numbers went down in the ER, the numbers went down right. in the clinics, People the numbers at home. for outpatient services, for labs and x-rays, all of that stuff sort of dwindled.
0: Right. Um, so all these revenues are going away. When that happens, right.
1: you, you know, you're, you're no longer bringing in that money. And so um, I, we we did a, we did several things, and I don't think we did anything unusual or, or anything that most hospitals didn't do. You know, it started out with the PPP loans, uh, the Paycheck Protection Program. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we took advantage of that initially. Um, the federal government did the initial Provider Relief Loan right, Program. Right. Um, that's the first money that we got from the government, and since then, they have they have uh, sent. Additional provider relief funds; right. those are more in the form of what they call grants. But you got to expend it on; it's got to be COVID-related expenses or loss of re- revenue related to Replaced COVID. So, it, yeah. those things have really helped um, hospitals across the country, right. uh, especially the rural hospitals where the margins were either razor thin or they were operating with a negative margin right.
0: and propped um, up by philanthropy and, and other sources. And, right? and what I suspect
1: yeah. in in some hospitals where there was a a really thin margin or a, a negative margin is. This may, th- these funds may help them. I right. mean, they, it, it may
0: might actually put them up in better standing. May right?
1: may give them a, a a boost to be able to say, let's let's try to move forward. And yeah. so. Um I think that's that's really what we've done. Now since then we have we have started back up our therapy services sure. our pulmonary rehab because you just you can only stay closed for so long. Right, people still need services. They do. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you the capacity I mean we, we are still not back to capacity in our ER, we're still not back to capacity on outpatient. We're getting there on outpatient. Um, right. therapy is is getting you know sort of normalizing. Right. So we feel we, we feel comfortable with where we're going. I you know 't I'm not sure about other rural hospitals. I right. think you know some are probably doing better than others, but sure. but we're we can see it sort of normalizing and I can see if we don't see this next wave that they're talking about um, impact us greatly where we have to shut down again. I think right. we're gonna kind of you'll be okay. We're gonna be okay.
0: and I, I think a lot of people don't, I think understand how much you have to rely on these better paying services, talking about your therapies, where you get a good reimbursement. Good return on that, and that essentially props up and subsidizes your other services that you have to provide, but tend to not make you any money and lose money. Well, I think that I think there's a misconception about
1: where hospitals
0: make their money. Right.
1: Uh, Rural hospitals these days, you know, I, I won't say it's it's hard to speak for rural hospitals in general because. You know the old cliche: cliche if, if you've seen one rural hospital, right. you've seen one rural they are hospital. All
0: very different. Yeah.
1: Very different. I mean, even even critical access hospitals. We have four in our state. Mm-hmm. Even the critical access hospitals are much different. Right. Some pr- do surgery, some do not. Some provide right. basic service like we do. There are a lot of rural hospitals that do orthopedics, general surgery, cardiology. Yep. You know, and so, but but most rural hospitals really depend on outpatient services. Mm-hmm. They they we don't make our money on that inpatient service. And so the outpatient revenues are critical to to what we do. Um, and, And I think there's a misconception about where we make our money. As I said before, I think most people think, well, ER is where you're the busiest. So Apparently yeah, that's be. where you're making the money.
0: No, that's that's, that's usually a, a loss leader. You will right?
1: never make a you, you will never make money in an ER in a rural hospital. Right, I mean that's right. just that's a it's a feeder for other services. It's a feeder for the other services within the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at, at just the patient revenue that you get from a visit in the ER, um, it, it's it's a money loser every time. And right. so you have to have it. Right. Um, you depend on it to feed your other
0: services, yeah. but, it, but it's not a money maker. And you have a large uninsured or underinsured population in there as well. Cause we do. You, yeah. have, you have to triage and stabilize by law.
1: Yeah, and, and right. I think that's what but a lot of people do. That's right. And a lot of people utilize, right or wrong, a lot of people utilize ERs, not just right. in small and rural hospitals, but okay. in larger yeah, hospitals as a their primary problem. care clinic. Right. You know, it, it, anytime after five o'clock, if I can't get an appointment, I'm going to the ER. Sometimes right. at noon,
0: right, they're right. going to the ER, even right. if they
1: can get an appointment, because right. they have to pay at the doctor's office and they don't, you know. So I think that, you know, we, we serve as, you know, the catch all. Mm-hmm. for whether it be a true emergency or whether it be a, a primary care visit. Right. Um and that's what we that's what we do. You know, right. that's what we're we're tasked to do as a small hospital in a in a small community. Yeah. We don't fuss about it. We just
0: You're we take community. care of the patient. Right. Yeah, and I think that's been the pressure with COVID like you said all those other services had to be cut. They were non-urgent, non-emergent services, mm-hmm. but those are the ones that really keep things going. Absolutely. So having those return to normal is a good thing for you absolutely no question about it talking about you know you said seen one rural hospital you've seen one rural hospital but you know let's just talking about yours and allendale what would i guess surprise people that aren't familiar with rural hospitals and how things actually are what would they what would they be surprised about on i guess what your biggest needs are
1: well you know facilities our mm-hmm. biggest needs you know and, and there again you know you have some hot some rural hospitals that have, have built new facilities and they're in nice new facilities unlike us we're in a 70 year old hospital facility right and so infrastructure issues are, are a big big problem for us i mean there's always an electrical issue there's always a plumbing issue right you know we're being in a 70 year old facility that's just what we deal with so you know i i think that Ultimately, I've been asked a number of times over the last six or seven years you think we can build a new hospital in Allendale. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I'm, I'm skeptical to, to really answer that question, you know um, because once you say yes, then you're, the expectation you're is there right, And, and right. so I'm a little bit skeptical to say yes we can't. I do believe that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do believe that we will at some point. I just right. don't want to get uh, people too excited about, when that might be or what we're looking at i think um we do have an opportunity um maybe to do that sometime in in the future and i think we will we will get there so you know i think facilities but i'm not sure that would surprise anybody sure um you know as far as needs go what what i I think i
0: think what would surprise people is that your hospital is 70 years old right i think people don't think about that even though built in the 50s all that was just yesterday yeah that was 70 years ago and
1: i think i think you're right a lot of people you know a lot of the older folks that, that live in our community have mm-hmm. been there for yeah and, and so as you know and as i know as you get older time goes by in a hurry right uh, the last 20 some odd years for me have gone by in a hurry right and so they they really don't think about that hospital being that old right um what what i would say outside of the need is what i think would really surprise people about rural hospitals mm-hmm. and i've heard it Time and time again, you know, that doctor's probably working in, in Allendale because he can't work anywhere else, or right. that nurse works at that small hospital because they can't work anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. I, will, I will say this, and this is about my hospital. I think it's true of a, of a lot of rural hospitals. But for the services we provide, we provide just as good a quality care as the larger hospitals in this state, any right. urban hospital. I would put my team, and I'm talking about my physicians, my nurses, my CNAs, my management team up against any in any hospital for what we do right um i can't compare general surgery right i can't compare cardiology and orthopedics and all the specialty services but for what we do i would put my team up against anybody and i think you know you you get the stigma in a small community of being the band-aid station and Mm -hmm. not being able to really treat we we treat some trauma that you wouldn't think we treat and we have saved some people that people would be surprised that we have saved in our er as have a lot of small and rural sure, hospitals right, yeah. and that's that's probably why it's so critical to have those hospitals in Where those communities are. because yeah. if you ask those people that have been there mm-hmm. I, i'll give you an example and and i'm gonna get off topic a little bit i guess but oh, that's good but i had i'm the you know we, we talked about wearing a lot of hats i'm also the guy that I'm the person that takes all the complaints or, right, right. you know, gets the feedback for the hospital. So when right. somebody calls up and says, I need to talk to somebody about my experience in the ER, they transfer it to me. Right. Um, that's good and bad. It's bad because, you know, I, I guess I'm the one that's doing it. It's good because I know exactly so you're, what issues are pulse, and what right. i got yeah. to but, but I had a guy um, that. He had come to the front. This was, pro- this was probably right before COVID. Mm-hmm. He had come to the front desk and asked to see me. Um, and they came back, and told me his name. I didn't have a clue. I said, you know, he said something about a patient. I, I was expecting this guy to, you know, be complaining about something. Right. Well, he came in and he was, I could tell he was upset. And he proceeded to tell me that he had been hunting. He had walked about a half a mile from his truck. And started having a heart attack in the woods. He was mm. by himself, could mm-hmm. not get back to his truck. Mm-hmm. Um, was determined to get to a hospital, and he was in in Barnwell County, which is where the hospital. They didn't currently closure, have a hospital, right? So he was determined he was going to save his own life. He
0: hmm. drove
1: himself while he was having a heart attack to our hospital. Yeah. Um. And and he, he got into a lot of detail about the experience and and what they had done for him and um. And ultimately was crying at the end of this saying, if it were not for your ER, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Mm-hmm. And so those are powerful things that you realize that people have, that have been saved by a rural hospital mm-hmm. that would not otherwise be here if they didn't have that understand the importance of having a rural hospital in their community. And right. I think all all communities should have emergency services good health care of some sort I mean it's hard to do without it yeah Um, so uh, you know I think ultimately to get back on topic I guess I think that's what would surprise a lot of people is that rural hospitals are not your band-aid station rural hospitals are very critical and they provide very high quality health care to the
0: community so Larry we talk a lot about challenges within rural areas um, across the board um, but I like to ask folks who come on here, you know, what do you see good about rural? What's happening in rural that's you feel like is a good thing and we should be celebrating?
1: The people in rural areas are good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, I've been recruiting physicians for years, and the one thing that I've heard over and over and over um, is that no matter where I work, when I end up in a rural hospital or a rural clinic, taking care of the patients. The patients are so appreciative of what we do for them. And I think that's because they don't necessarily have all of the specialty services. And and so primary care physicians, primary care providers in rural areas act sort of like that um, father figure, brother. um, They're community leaders, too. yeah, Yeah, and also they act as the specialist. And so they get to answer a lot of those questions uh, they take a lot more time with them. Sure. So, the, so the people appreciate what they do for them. And so I think that, you know, ultimately we've got, we've got some really good people. Mm-hmm. G- I, th- that's probably another misconception about if you live in a rural area. I, I can't, you know, I hear that all the time. Why would you want to live in Allendale? Why would you want to live in Hampton, Bamberg, Brown, right. wherever, right. in a rural community? Um, now, for me, I grew up, as I said, in a rural community. So it's just – is, is who I am ultimately sure. yeah. now when I graduated from college if you would ask me are you going to move back home and work I probably would have said are you kidding me right. no way right yeah um, you're in the city it, now but right? at 21 yeah. Yeah. you know you expect that answer right um, but but what you realize is that, that rural areas are, are really special places mm-hmm. and, and we've had you know I've had a, a number of people I recruited I've uh, got a physician right now that was in virginia mm-hmm. nowhere near a rural area in virginia and ended up coming here and you know best place in the world for him i yeah. you know it's so i think that you you re, you realize that uh, people realize that um rural area's is not so bad yeah you just got to get there you take that take that risk and get there so yeah. got a lot of good good people in rural areas and, and there's you know there's not as much to do we don't have the five-star restaurant down the street that you can get in your car and drive five minutes to. Yeah. Um, but I also know that I live six miles from the hospital, and it takes me eight minutes to get to work.
0: Right, I also right.
1: don't have to get in traffic and sit for 30 minutes at a stoplight waiting right. for, um, you know, five o'clock traffic or, or 8 a.m. traffic to move. Right, so, right. Um, you know, there, there, there are trade-offs right. between rural and and urban yeah. um and and so it's just uh you know i think i think there are some really good people not because they have to live there but because they want to live there
0: yeah and i'm i'm curious about you know i've you've seen some news stories come out about people post covid taking advantage of telework Broadband opening up a lot of options and moving out to more rural areas. I'm wondering if you've seen any indication of that in Allendale yet? or well, yeah,
1: and I think it's probably a little early because yeah. I think a lot of a lot of companies haven't decided that that you know working remotely is going to be you know a, a permanent thing. But right. I think as more companies, and I think they are, I really mm-hmm. what we, we talk about. I was talking to uh, you know to Graham Adams at Officer Rural Health. I think they feel very comfortable with the way that you know things are working for them i think i was talking to sarah and and i think you know they go into the office a day or two a week sometimes and they're kind of splitting it up but i think that to some degree yeah i think remote work is is probably going to drive some people into the rural area so that yeah a little quieter lifestyle Mm -hmm. but i can still maintain you know this this job that i love and want to be at and 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 this is where i want to work but you know i can't I can't move to a rural area and drive an hour and a half every day to go to work. But if I right. have to go one day a week and I can work remotely four,
0: then, then maybe then it's worth plausible. It. Yeah, maybe to worth live it. In a-
1: so, so I don't. We haven't seen that yet, at least in our area. But, right. uh, but I think
0: we probably will see that more into the future. Right. So, you feel like Allendale's ready for that kind of thing?
1: Um, you know, we're we've got Southern Carolina Alliance is a uh, is our regional economic development engine that, that kind of drives economic development for a number of counties this Bamberg Barnwell Allendale Hampton Beaufort Jasper and so Colleton and so what they do is is they look at all of these companies that are looking to move into a, a smaller community mm-hmm. and they, they try to determine where that fits and so um, you know I think we've we can be somewhat ready for that I think they are looking at all of those things I mean mm-hmm. you know with with Infrastructure on roads and, and a lot of that stuff. I, you know, we are, Allendale, Highway 301 runs right through the middle of, of Allendale. And as right. you know, Highway 301 was was the main thoroughfare from fare. going from Florida all the way up the East Coast until Interstate 95 was built. Yeah. And so, all of the, and that's what happened to a lot of those small towns is they died out because everybody started traveling Interstate 95. Mm-hmm. Nobody was traveling three, Highway 301 anymore. Right. Um, so, the ability to travel back and forth through allendale and bamberg and some of those places is is there right that they're maintaining those roads i don't think there's any issue with with that sort of infrastructure so yeah i think i think we're probably ready i you know the biggest thing we, we hadn't really talked a lot about workforce mm-hmm. um and, and that's probably one of the things that we struggle with in in rural areas is you know Finding qualified people that can do some of those specialized type jobs, right, coding, right. medical billing. Because what we tend to do is we, you know, and, and it's not necessarily a bad thing because my philosophy with, with a lot of those things is you, you hire for personality and train for skill. Right. Um, so I, I'm, I'm all about customer service and making sure that we're taking good care of people. Um, and, and that they feel like they're being cared for, and if you if you provide good customer service, that's that's where it all starts, right?
0: Because then they'll come back.
1: Um, but but we, you know, if you're living in Charleston, South Carolina, and you're hiring a medical biller, you've got your choice right, of 15 right. that have 10 years of experience. If you're in right. Allendale, you've got one that maybe ha- has a year of experience, but not necessarily in the hospital. And then right, right. so you got you don't have a lot of opportunity to. To hire the the skilled labor and so i think that's probably you know um that's probably one of the things that we struggle with that's is
0: is workforce Limits. yeah and that's also not uncommon in rural areas it is not it's not All right well this has been great um one question we always ask our guests at the very end is how do you define rural I think rural
1: is—you can define it in a couple of ways. I think physically, you know, what I would say is—is is rural is small town living. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 you think about rural, you think about small towns. You think about the slower lifestyle, but I think it's also a, a mindset. Um, you know, rural is—you know—a um, little easier going day to day. You know, activity. So you you're not fighting the hustle and bustle of the mm-hmm. of the city. Um, rural is good people. You mm-hmm. know, rural is is quality quality people. Um, so it's hard to really define it in in a just a, a single sentence definition, or sure. especially a single word. I think you know, rural means we're we're not in the middle of the city, but but it's also who the people are, what we do, how we do it, um, and so. You know, I, I, I'm I'm very um, proud of what rural means mm-hmm. to to a lot of places. I mean, most of most of the state of South Carolina is is rural, right? And so,
0: at least we think it is. It,
1: at least from from our definition, and right. I think that right. all depends on how you define rural, right. too. You know, you talk about hospitals that are rural hospitals. Well, Orangeburg Hospital is considered a rural hospital, and Beaufort Memorial is considered a, but but those aren't really rural. They're Compared to Allendale compared and to Allendale, Hampton yeah. and Bamberg and Barnwell. so compared to Columbia and Charleston, Columbia, sure, yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. So, um, but you know, I, I think different people define it in different ways. But I, sure. you know, I think it's a, it really is a, it, it's a mindset and a, just a, 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 way of living for me. Yeah. Um, but that's that's from the perspective of somebody who's who grew up there and has lived there all of his life.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that's a perfect encapsulation. It's a mindset and a way of living. Mm-hmm. I think sustaining that is a great thing for our country and. Hopefully, we'll start to see more growth in rural areas, not in a urban way, but in a good people kind of way. Absolutely. Restoring back to some of the ways in which they were when you grew up, for example. Absolutely. So. Well, thanks, Larry. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. All right. Stay tuned for more episodes coming out soon. If you have ideas for guests you'd like to hear on our program, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to the Growing Rural Podcast. If you found the content valuable, please leave a rating on iTunes or Spotify so others can find us. For more information, please visit our website at sc.edu forward slash rural or follow us on Twitter at SC underscore CRPH. This was recorded at the University of South Carolina School of Medicine in Columbia. It is edited and produced by Sean Riffle. Y'all take care.